stay in the know with Radio 2000 Podcast. We are on a Wednesday evening as usual for our Rhythm Conversation on Essence of Rhythm. Thank you for choosing the space as always. I think, you know, this entire year, I really want to focus here and there on significant moments in time in history. You know, I always say to anyone that wants to progress in, in any field or in any situation, if you will. Just go back and read history. There's so much there that can inform where we are going as a people, uh, particularly as people that want to express better, that want to open up our universe a little better. And today it is just such an honor to be able to talk about um, a pioneer when it comes to contemporary art in South Africa and globally as well. His name is Louis Kehlamakubela and he is a prize-winning contemporary fine artist and unfortunately we lost him towards the end of the year 2021. It was um, in November of 2021 when he passed away in the UK due to COVID-19 um, and it's just such a great loss but also a life so well lived. And to talk to me about the significance um, and really to unpack uh, the history uh, of Ndade of, of, of Makubela's work and how it just, his artistic expression in abstracture really, um, you know, informs a lot of the modern day contemporary art of today is none other than Marilyn Martin, who's a curator. She's an author and honorary researcher associate uh, or research associate, I beg your pardon at the Michael School of Fine Art in uh, the University of Cape Town. Good evening. Uh, thank you very much for joining me, Marilyn. Good evening, Macheco. It's such and, a- and, and thank you for, for focusing uh, on history because so many young people have taken an ahistorical stance. Mm. And as you correctly say, there is so much to learn from Louis Macubella. Learn from him, but also to be inspired by him mm. and the adversities that he, he and his family overcame. Mm. I think where I'd like to start is really by introducing you a little bit and your work, your relationship perhaps with uh, Louis Kehlamakubela and his work. Um, how did you get to meet him and work with him over the years? Well, what, of course I knew about him as, mm-hmm. as, um, as a curator and academic particularly interested in the uh, relationship that many uh, black African, South African artists have with abstraction, which is often looked down upon. Um, so thanks to Louise, then gallery in London, mm. uh, Art First and Claire Cooper, she uh, approached me with an idea of a retrospective of his work in South Africa. And I, in turn, approached Standard Bank Gallery, and they were the main funders, also to the extent that we could subsequently travel the exhibition to the Ezekiel South African National Gallery and to the Durban Art Gallery. That was the first time that I got in touch with Louis. And um, I couldn't travel to London to do the research, but there was a lot of um, email exchange, and he was a particularly articulate artist Mm. about his work. Mm. This was Mm. unusual in itself. Artists don't often wish to talk about uh, their work. Um, 
but he could clarify things for me. So we had an exchange, and then came the great moment in in in, in August 2010 in Johannesburg at the Standard Bank Gallery mm. when I met Louis and his delightful wife Tana, who also passed away uh, from COVID at the end mm. of October mm. last year, a few days before Louis. Mm-hmm. And that started a relationship of of exchange, one that um, continues with with his daughter Lindy and the, the family. And I've used every opportunity since then to 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 promote his work and and to talk about his work so that he, so that and I think to it has contributed not just me but the galleries, all the museum shows, and his gallery in London that he was reinscribed into the art history of South Africa. Mm. Uh, when, when artists leave the, the country, even if they continue to exhibit here, they're very, very often and very quickly forgotten. So that, that was right. a, 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 a pro- project that, that um, was very close to, to my heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's right. And just so unfortunate, you know, we, when you raise the issue of how we are so quick to move on and so quick to forget and, you know, forget that just how significant the work is. But I think where I'd like to now steer the conversation is really towards his work. You know, I'm I'm thinking just for those that haven't been able to uh, see the work, if you could perhaps paint a picture, you know, you raise the, the issue of him being exiled, which, you know, was just an unfortunate circumstance of the time and space. Then he started working in the 1960s as an artist. But let's talk about his artistic expression in abstraction. And, you know, the iconography that informed his, uh, you know, his work, you know, and also his spiritual growth, if you will, not just for himself, but for his followers as well. What kind of, 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 of paintings did he focus on? Was it uh, township life? Because I would imagine that when you are exiled and perhaps if you get to meet other, you know, members of the tribe, if you will, when you're living overseas, that you want to find kindred souls that you can deeply connect with through the work that takes you back home, etc. So talk to us a little bit about his work and what it actually covered during that time. Yes, it, it, it was, of course, a, a, a very long trajectory of art. And I just have to say that um, in terms of the, the, the category of, of township art, mm. which was very popular, uh, in the in in the sixties and seventies, uh, his early drawings look. Uh, he depicted township scenes, but like um, Dumili Seni, uh, Sidney Kumalo, and Duran Sihlali, he always had a personal essence and style. So the change was inevitable. Mm-hmm. He an, an important moment in his life was. Uh, in 1966, when he won a major prize, um, it was a non-racial prize. He won it ahead of great artists, South African artists like Stanley Pinker, for example, mm-hmm. um, organised by the Adler Field Fieldling Gallery, and that gave it, there was money involved and a trip overseas, and he could see museums in Europe, mm-hmm. and uh, he met Gerard Sicotto. But he, he, he worked with oils on paper 
and he's, uh, he applied paint with cotton wool mm. instead of a brush and used a print uh, a printmaker's roller mm. to make these mostly untitled works with floating shapes, figures, trees, and birds that are, that are always embedded in and emerge from the pools of of the glorious pigment of his oil paint. Mm. And but of course there was. Um, just to go back to the 60s, he uh, was completely and and successful right from the beginning, from the early 1960s commercially and um, also critically and had many solo exhibitions, was widely um, admired, but um, he could also not see a future for himself and for his family. And so they left the country in 1973, um, first to go to Ibiza in Spain, and then they they settled in London for good. Now, of course, with exile comes the longing um, for the motherland, and that's why we called the, the retrospective exhibition a vigil of departure. So that was also a homecoming for him, he did come back to South Africa in 1994 to experience the euphoria of um, the first democratic elections in the country. And he exhibited again um, abstract work, then more specifically inspired by Ndebele, um, Tosa, and, and Zulu imagery. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I think it's so interesting that because I picked that up as well with with some of uh, some of his work that I was able to pick up off the net. Uh, you mentioned that a lot of it was untitled, which I think is uh, you know when we merge that with I mean philosophically with um, his love for expressions of spirit through his work, spiritual growth, if you will. Then it opens up the audience to, you know, to, to interpret the, the, the work how they see fit, you know, in a space and time, whatever that may be. So if I were to see an untitled uh, piece today, what would it mean for me today? So I think that is actually uh, really beautiful. It's just something I picked up. If you have just tuned in, we are having a conversation with curator, author and a research associate, Marilyn Martin, about uh, one of the greatest of all time. Marilyn, you and I actually had a, a quick conversation uh, just as we were preparing for for the on-air chat just about, you know, where we can find his work because you did mention uh, all the galleries in, in uh, overseas, in Europe, etc., where his work has been very visible over the decades um, and, of course, in Durban as well. And I was just became fascinated about how people can access it. And it looks like there could be some difficulties around that. But how can we navigate that if we are interested? Because I think it's just such a, a wonderful space for us to uh, also introduce our children to, you know. Uh, I think just to, 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 to go uh, to look him up on, online, mm-hmm. because the, um, he's represented in every major um, public collection in South Africa and, and corporate collection and in many private collections. But the works are not always on display. So 
I, I wouldn't suggest that people go to uh, to the museums looking for the work to go online. And um, just to get back to the early 60s, I don't know whether the building is still there mm-hmm. or in, in what sort of a state it is, but if anybody is at the um, Chris Hani Baranguanath Hospital and you walk down to the what in 2010 when I went there mm-hmm. uh, was the cerebral uh, palsy clinic, uh, there are some of his very early mosaics to be seen. Interesting. Um, okay. Yes. Okay. He, he, he executed so many public works, paintings, but of mm. course as the buildings go, so do the artworks. So we in South Africa so don't have yeah. a great deal of respect um, for, mm. for, for, for public art. Just to also say uh, if you look online you find sometimes that he does give us a clue mm. into the works. Many untitled, but there are also others like gestation or emancipation or in the belly gate mm-hmm. so that we uh, are led directly to the to the source of inspiration whether it's uh, emotional um spiritual or, or real of course of course of course okay very important Marilyn, this has been such a beautiful, enlightening, inspiring conversation, especially at this time of the year. You know, I think, um, you know, I remember last year I was having a conversation with a classical music artist, you know, and also just about how South Africans are so hungry to learn and to open themselves up to places and spaces where they can just, you know, explore their palettes, artistic palettes, if you will, in music and art and and those types of expressions. So I think that is, this has been just such a wonderful conversation. And for those that don't know about the work of Louis Kachamakubela, this is just, this is, this is the sign you've been waiting for. Go out there, explore, explore his works, take your family and friends with and just have as much fun with learning as you possibly can. Thank you once again. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Matrico. Radio 2000 Podcast.